You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to a live episode of the Claret and Blue podcast hosted on uh, Aston Villa News Facebook Live. I see that James didn't get the green jumper slash polo shirt memo for this one. He's still wearing that cap of jumper that he's not taken off yet. Change it up. It's straight through, mate. Yeah, it's uh, smelly now. <laughs> Obviously, we're, we're live on Facebook, so we want to answer your questions today because Newsflash, Villa are yet to, to make another signing since Matty Cash. We've got no game this weekend, so we're not like the other clubs where we've got press conference news to talk about and injuries and all the rest of it. We're a week behind schedule. Not really a season preview, not a transfer announcement. So what do we want to talk about? We can you know, set the agenda, gents. What do you want to go for? I think uh, Ash knows best, right? And I feel like we've got to go for uh, the big Freddie Gilbert talking point, right, mate? Gilbert, yeah, it's coming from France, isn't it? Uh, mm. Le Quip, how do you say? Le Quip. Yeah, you go for um, it. Five million euros. Apparently, Villa Villa want for Gilbert, which is probably the similar fee they paid for him. I can't see him leaving at all, though. That's the second or third time now reports have come from France regarding Gilbert potentially leaving. They've just jumped on the Matty Cash arrival. To be fair, two similar players, same position, play the same style as well. Gilbert did struggle to settle in to begin with. His, his English was very limited, um, and he's quite. Um, like a, like, a, like a different character to the rest. I mean, he struggled to really bed into the into the squad. So I can see where the links have come from, given the cash arrival, but I fully expect Gilbert to stay, knowing Almo's contract is coming up to an end as well. And his career, his Villa career will, um, will end as well this year, this end of this summer as well. So Gilbert will stay, I think, unless he, he wants to move. It's, I think the, the ball being Gilbert's court, but... Knowing Gilbert and the, and the way he is, you want to fight for that shirt. And uh, I fully expect him to have that shirt when Villa play next week at Burton, perhaps. Um, it'll be his shirt to lose. Cash needs to win that back off him. Win that off him, to be fair. So I can't see Gilbert leaving for me. I don't know what you, you guys think of that. Yeah, it, it, it was hard. But uh, I feel like, you know, when, when the signing of Matty Cash, it all makes sense, right? Because we didn't see Gilbert much during lockdown. And then they come in with that, like, explosive tackle during Arsenal. Everyone's yeah. uh, hyping up again. I really like him. I rate him. But I feel like this Matty Cash thing, it does kind of, it almost, like, actually signals something, like, maybe to the French press that they've let on. But also, like, and I know it's probably not just him. There's a few French players we've had, and it always seems to come back to this whole homesickness thing, right, where, whatever's going on. I know Verity was put up in a hotel for ages and was, seemed a bit off whether there's anything in that. But I, I, I'm like Ash. I feel like he should stay and fight because he's that character. He's got the right personality. So you know, hope for the best with that one because you, you don't like to say there's no smoke without a fire, right? But sometimes there is. So I'm hoping there's nothing going on with this, Dan. It's one of those, isn't it? I would rather have Cash and Gilbert to two right-backs that could start in the Premier League going out against each other to to compete and and improve themselves rather than Cash or uh, Gilbert having Elmo behind them, not really having any threat, knowing that Elmo's not going to be here long-term. I'd rather have two two potentially starting right-backs going at it rather than a starter and someone who's never going to play. So, yeah, I'd, I'd keep Gilbert... Loads of questions coming in, by the way, so we don't need to set an agenda ourselves much longer. We might as well just jump straight in. Before we do that, though, Phil McNulty of the BBC has tweeted at half one, uh, Aston Villa close to deal for Brentford striker Ollie Watkins. Fee is an, an initial £28 million, which could rise to £33 million with add-ons. We've heard that before, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've heard this one's close. We, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah, but I've prepared a bid all this time. Um what do we think about that that Ollie Watkins deal? Because we all want a striker. We all know we need a striker. 
Brentford can set the price whatever they want. Is it a case of villagers just pay, pay the money now and just get this deal done? If that's the one they want, they go for it. Yeah, man, I'm really excited about Ollie Watkins. I saw a few tweets probably bigging him up a little bit too much, saying he'll be the best striker we've had in ages. And I think you got to remember we had, we did have Tammy Abraham. They put the similar. <laughs> they did put up similar numbers in the championship. To be fair, I like um, Watkins, but I do think we do need to get that other striker in, whether it's like Josh King or whomever. Um, but Watkins on the wing up front, you got to pay the price, and it's. 28 million is a lot of money to me. Um, but again, we said in the last episode, we don't really care about the fees, do Because it's not a, it's not coming out of our pocket and beats it within budget, isn't it? Um, 28 million in 2020 is probably akin to a 15, 13 million uh, five, 10 years ago. So I'm all for it, mate. Yeah, I think so. I think it's come to that, hasn't it? Brentford have got the, the pulling power with this one. They've demanded top dollar for him and they're going to get top dollar. Similar to uh, Villa of Active Grease, isn't it? Their star player. They set, they set the parameter. The man, man you bolted it and gone with Van Beek instead. It's a similar kind of situation. I think Villa are going to pay it, aren't they? Who's coming out? Rising to 33, is it, Dan? Yeah, I think that, that'll be internationals, wouldn't it? I would have thought. International and... cap to be gold, incentive wise. Yeah. So 28 million initial. Strikers cost money. You're laughing at you. There's a couple of comments saying that it's too much. I guess the, the argument against that would be obviously, we know Tammy Abraham now has gone on to do it for Chelsea in the Premier League. For, for if it was the start of last season, and I think I'm getting my years right, it's been a long, long time, <laughs> when Tammy had only performed with us in the Championship and scored 26 goals, if Chelsea had come out then and said 28 million rising to 33, would we have thought that was too much for Tammy Abraham? Would we have been going, oh, he's only done it in the Championship, is he worth it? We'd have been going, oh, great, so on him, he's performed, let's get him in. So yes, just because Watkins hasn't done it in the, the, in the Premier League yet doesn't mean that this is a bad signing. It just means, yeah, of course, it's a risk and it's a lot of money. But if this is who the, the coaching team have identified as their number one target, Brentford can say, this is how much we want. We just have to go and spend it, don't we? You've got, you got your target. you got to go for a minute. It's like it's that simple. Otherwise, I see a few comments coming in, missing out on Wilson. Who, who knows what happened with that, right? But if you've got a striker in mind, we said it with Wilson, didn't we, Dan, last time? We said if you if that's the guy, you pay the money because he's, he's the fit you've identified. I know Tammy, obviously... Tammy would have been worth it for one because you saw him do it at Bristol City, then you saw him do it for Swansea. So, no brainer. Ollie Watkins, obviously, there's always going to be like that risk factor where people think, oh, he's a championship player. Man, the guy's good enough, like in my eyes. So, I'll pay it. Yeah. Someone said that um, Tammy had prime experience, but he'd only had a, yeah. what was it, a season in, with Swansea who went down potentially? Or they had a rubbish season at least. Like, he was only yeah. good enough to get a move to a championship side back then. So, it's not like it was like, oh, yeah, this is a, a no brainer of a deal for Tammy Abraham. So, the price is the price, isn't it? We said last episode, you judge this on next season. If Ollie Watkins scores 20 Premier League goals, we'll all be on, yeah, of course he's worth that much. It, it, he's, he's, coming in, he's coming in banging form as well, isn't he? 26 goals yeah. last year. Championship best player. Um, we did it with McCormack, didn't we, in the Championship as well. Oh, we've been burnt before. I mean, 24-year-old. Um, Smith knows him well. And I think statement of intent by Villa going all out for, for their top target instead of missing out. So... What do we think of Wilson stuff? Do we think we've missed out there? Because the the, the Josh King stuff has come out since and there's a little bit on Villa Twitter thinking that, well, King is the one I'd prefer out of the two anyone and he seems to be cheaper. So have we really missed out on Wilson anyway? Steve Bruce has got a bit of a smooze about him as well, hasn't he? He smoothed John McGinn, John Terry. So probably uh, whispered sweet nothings in his ear, but I don't know. (laughs) I I, I think possibly King's the better deal considering how versatile he is. He can play as a 10 player, as a wing player. Uh, comes with a better, better pedigree. Um, 
Wilson coming off the back of a disappointing season, very injury prone and uh, out of form really. So, well, uh, Josh King's the cheap alternative there. Contracts running down. I mean, King and Watkins. That's pretty decent, isn't it? Really, to get them pairing. I'll, I'll go for uh, Josh King any day. I feel like you know there was interest with United, um, wasn't there, before they brought in Igalo? So I feel like he's got the quality. And if you go for Callum Wilson and you miss, or if you don't go for Callum Wilson at all and you focus on Josh King, I, I, I rate him. He's got got those leadership leadership attributes, um, goal scorer, everything Villa wanted. You know that you know the Wilson links and the Origi links. It exists in Josh King. So for me, it's a, an absolute no brainer. I know we say that a lot. Um, <laughs> for me, it's a no brainer, mate. Like I go for him. I go for Watkins and King. Seems like the attitude that Villa have been looking for, the players, the type of the kind of players they want, and you get the guy in, and I think you succeed. Let's get let's go to some of these comments. Then James Williams asks, "Is there any news on Odson Edward? Is I mean, even without Villa, is it even linked to anyone else in the in the last week or so? This is one that's gone very quiet. Now the link's still there. Obviously, National Report still still links. His, his name's still sticking. I think it's just price on that one. 40, 50 million, is it? Um, I think for yeah. Spending the bulk on Watkins, aren't they? I? I can't see him doing spending near enough. I think it's be eighty million on the pair of them. I don't know. I think it's probably with Edward. I don't know if Celtic might sell. I don't know. Yeah, I think like he would be my number one guy um, if we didn't have to reinforce any other positions. So we could get Watkins, Edward, call it a day uh, uh-huh. with cash in the background. But I think you got your goalkeeper. You probably want the midfielder and maybe another centre back or whomever. Whatever opportunities emerge, Villa can't be open to them if they go for Edward, who I really like. So I feel mm-hmm. like probably got to maybe call it quits on that and see what happens uh, as you approach deadline day, which is still like a less a month away. Yeah. Like, you've been here ages. Yeah, things things change, don't they? If there's suddenly a bit of panic somewhere along the line, and someone you know, spots a deal that, that you know Celtic spot a deal they can finance better, they can get forty million in Fred Ward towards the end and make a move elsewhere. Then yeah, things do change, don't they? Um, <clears throat> Andy Gallagher says, "Are we struggling to attract players?" This is an interesting point, isn't it? Because Villa finished seventeenth, well, the skin of their teeth. Is that an attractive proposition? So there's a bit of fluff in there. It doesn't, doesn't smell. Um, are we a, an attractive proposition for clubs? <laughs> if it was me, yeah, I'd I'd sign the contract. You could give me a tenner a week, man. <laughs> I'd be playing. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I know what people say when like Leeds are there and they're similar size, right? There, they've got a massive, passionate fan base. They've got Marcelo Bielsa in charge. People always say, "Oh, how could you speak to Bielsa and then Dean Smith and choose Dean Smith?" But I feel like players will have that individual fits. There'll be certain players attracted to Bielsa, and they'll be. Emboldened after a conversation with him because it'd be easy because he's one of the legendary coach. Then there's you know Dean Smith's personality will rub off on people as well. I feel like attract. It's uh, it's hard to see where Villa are positioned in the world because to us, right, they're an amazing club. We've got a great history. To others, people might be looking at um. See, I don't I don't want to say it out loud, but people might be looking to clubs where we finished around last season. Like even your Bournemouths and your West Ham's just saying that I can get a higher level. I can go to a higher level, and it just depends on where that context fits and if Villa approach them, can they pitch it right? I feel like they've got a harder job now after relegation and bouncing back up than probably probably existing in the Premier League beforehand. Again, for me, it's easy to say massive club, massive stadium. Villa got to make that pitch. I feel like they can do, um, but it's harder in 2020 after all that's happened than it would have been before, I think, Ash. Yeah, you look, you look at that James Rodriguez deal to Everton. Not in a million years would Villa be in for that that, that player, would they? He's gone for 16 to 18 million, which is nothing really. But look at the mm. whole, whole, whole wage package there. Carlo Ancelotti flexing his muscle as well. Yeah. It's, it's like a world apart of what Villa would do, isn't it? 
with their with their with their strategy. So they've got they've gone for Watkins, young British player proven last year in the championship. I don't think they're going to get these world beaters. Possibly, um, I suppose are hoping for. They've got to be coy and cute in the window. Um, obviously, Watkins top target. Look, 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 look they're going to get him now. So. Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I was just see what Johan Langer would, would bring in the sporting director. Would there be um, um, a surprise uh, later in the window? So European window closes in less than a month now. I was, I was hoping for a couple of a couple of surprise packages, maybe. Mm-hmm. Look what Suso did last year. But <laughs> a few out the blue there, but none of the names were uh, familiar with there. So I don't know. I think there could be room to get to get a, a couple of oddballs in. You don't know from, from the European leagues. I don't know, but. It's yeah. just frustrating, isn't it? More than anything, I think we were when we did first did the podcast uh, when the window first opened. You and me did a few in, in a row, James, where we were called negative multiple times for suggesting that transfers might not go through and we might not be able to pull out fifty million for Ben Rama and Watkins and and uh, you know there was a lot of links with Tammy, but we were thinking, oh, there's surely no chance of that happening. And a month down the line or whatever it is, there's no signings coming through the door apart from a right back from Nottingham Forest. So there's reasons to be frustrated, which is absolutely fair. And I understand why people are frustrated. But like you just said, there's still a month to go. There's still things will happen late. A lot of clubs only now are starting to make a few transfers. I think Sheffield United signed three yesterday. Palace signed a couple. Um, who else I think of Newcastle obviously Wilson and Fraser both came in yesterday. So it's not like we're miles and miles behind. I understand why people are frustrated, but it's still on Tuesday, isn't it? You know, we don't play this week for a start. Yeah. As much as we want, we want to get people in as soon as possible. This time next week, if we've got two or three extra signings, everyone will go, oh, what, what were we worried about? <laughs> that was hard to yeah. say. I think it's key to kind of, I've been watching this like Tottenham Hotspur thing, right? That's and very it's just, good. Yeah, it is wicked. Uh, everyone should, if you've got, I'm not going to advertise who it's on because they need to give us some money before we do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> can't just like, can't just like throw it. I don't million. It could give it us. It could give us like a million quid. One of him. Um, but seriously, like you, you see Tottenham Hotspur and the, the package they can present, and how hard it is for them to kind of get those deals across the line. I know it's January and it's different, but um, you know, transfers take ages and ages to do, and you have to rely on like a merry-go-round of activity. And you have to rely on agents to kind of you know butter people up and get the deals done because they're hard it relies on all everyone when someone mentions transfers in the industry all they say is how difficult it is to do a single transfer just to get it done it's physically difficult uh, you know it's physically difficult i assume that it would be the case for austin villa and i assume it would be the case for every other team newcastle got like two or three deals done jeff hendrick ryan fraser and Callum Wilson, two of them have come in the last 24 hours. Like Villa have got well, one up on them with Matty Cash. So if you're comparing other clubs, Villa have done reasonably okay in terms of the deals coming in. But look, everyone says stuff happens at the end because that's the nature of it. You're not going to get your deals done before the end. Everyone wants to say, come into deadline day and have nothing to worry about. That's how many years have we got of evidence that that's an absolute lie? Like yeah. every, every year, every deadline day goes off and, I think a good example to bring up is Tom Carroll because he joined last minute right on loan um, when we went up and he never he played 16 minutes. But he joined last minute on loan and everyone said they've done that in like five minutes. But he had in his first interview he says this has been on and off for weeks, like since the start of the window. So look, these things take time and Brentford, any EFL club we deal with has an extra week or so like just yeah, to yeah. deal with us so there's all these dynamics it's crazy yeah let's have a, have a look at some of these comments then <laughs> um 
it's just a lot of people just saying sign some players. We need a striker. We need I would love, yeah, I think me and Ash and yourself would we love know. to be in charge of these deals because we would ruin the club. It'd be done. Like <laughs> things change so much. Yeah, if you wanted me to get James Rodriguez in, I would sell the stadium would be like sold to some geese. I'd do it. <laughs> we did a obviously we we do other other clubs as well. I had to produce a Facebook Live for Wolves last week. And that before they'd signed uh, is it Fab- Fabio Silva and yeah. whatever the other guy is for record fees. And we had Alex and Ben talking for half an hour, very depressed, very quiet, very, we need loads of players. What's going on? What's the situation? The season's about to start. We're not signing anybody. A week later, they've broken the transfer record and everyone's looking at them going, oh, there's a couple of decent deals. Wolves have done. Open to, like- this time next week, we could have Watkins holding up a Villa shirt and... Eduard could be coming out of the blue. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. saying these things are happening, but things change so quickly. So yes, as of Tuesday at 10 to 2, we've not signed anyone apart from Matty Cash and it's frustrating, but things change so quick and I think we're probably quite fortunate we don't play this weekend and we've got a, a little bit of a grace period for a few days. Definitely. People are asking about the England squad. Do we think Jack Reed will play tonight? Um, I think we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, I don't, don't think he will, even with the, the Foden and Greenwood thing. Don't hold your breath. No, I, don't, I don't think so. I think... Uh, Calvin Phillips probably starting. So I think it's a bit more reserved, I think. Um, I didn't watch the Austin game. I was in Blackpool, so I didn't miss him much. Um, no, so Dan Screen for him, didn't he? So boring. Yeah, so, the honest and missed as well, our, our old mate. Uh, gutted for him, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. After the, the state of the penalty that we were given, um, handball, like, defending your face. I hate them ones. So I thought, go on, Iceland, go on, be honest, and give it a make him see that Jack should be on this pitch. He misses, man. He can't even do it for us then. Uh, but Ash, mate, you didn't miss nothing. Uh, no, like, you, didn't, you didn't miss no. anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Craig says, can't we use players like Hogan or Lansbury in these purchases to low- lower the outlay? Is that a possibility, James? You offloading that? Uh, Ash is shaking his head. That says it all for me, man. Like, would you, if you were... I ain't slacking these players off. I'm not doing them down because Hogan done it for Bl- no, Hogan did it for Blues. Lansbury's clearly, you know, like, when he was playing every game for Nottingham Forest, he was clearly decent. You know, I if you offered me them players for Ollie Watkins, Ben Rahm, uh, uh, Josh King, I'd say no because what value do they like? If if I was Blues, it'd be different because I might want Hogan. Who you got to judge the situation. Going back to all or nothing, who wanted Danny Rose? Who's really he's decent. Like no, yeah. it was nobody. It was Newcastle and Bournemouth. They didn't have the scale of moves. So you know, is Hogan worth more pitching out on his own as a transfer to a club that? very clearly what might be interested or is he better taking two three million off a deal that's going to be paid in installments anyway if you know what i mean it's yeah. not for me no nah, don't no, work like that does it no nah, it's football manager terms isn't it to be chucking in players that you don't want you know and you can put a little drop down bar and you can like, oh add add existing player or whatever it says you just oh yeah just chuck chuck, chuck lansby there get rid of him but it doesn't work like that in real life um, michael gillespie says he wants rian brewster as well this was a link that came about in the last couple of days i think They'll have wanted 20 million maybe in a buyback clause. Um, coming up. Mm. A few people saying that that's too much. Other people saying it, it's, a, it's a decent deal. What do we think about the Brewster rumour? Is there any chance they, of it even? Well, the Villa looked at, me, looked at him in January, to be fair. Um, they wanted a bit more experience there, but they saw him Baston and Samata, which is a scratch, scratch your head at that. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, I think Villa were interested back in January. Didn't, didn't sign him. Went to Swansea, scored 11 in 22. Banged him in. Looks frightening. Looks a frightening prospect. But he wants to stay at Liverpool, so I think the balls in Liverpool's court there. Whether, whether they want to cash in, 
and getting number nine to Zamora Firmino. I don't know, but massive, massive potential in Brewster. I think 20 million's a decent deal, to be fair. I think it could be worth treble that in a couple of years. So if you look at Canada, that, 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 that's one that would excite me. About eight clubs in for him in the Premier League. So that, that, says its own, that tells its own story. Well, Brewster, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, well behind that one if, if they can get that one done. But to all in Liverpool's court, really, I think Brewster fancies it, to be fair. He'll have to get some um, persuading there. But yeah, I'd love to see that deal come through if possible. Again, it's, it, it fits the, the mould for me. Is that guy who's just going to play up front every, every single game. Um, for me, Brewster comes in as a starter. There's absolutely no doubt about that in my mind until Wesley's back at least. Um, depending on this Watkins thing, of course. But yeah, I'll take Green Brewster any day. I feel like the problem is it's that situation where it's kind of an unknown quantity in the Premier League. He's clearly got the ability to cut it. So Liverpool are in that like, arena where they can probably feel like they can charge what they want. So it might you might be thinking of getting in for 20 million. Like the Watkins thing where you're thinking you might get 18 million through the door and then it's up to 33 uh, before you know it. So yeah. who knows? It's, it's, again, it's going to be one of those things that comes down so light and depends on moves elsewhere to kind of get your foot in the door. But yeah. I feel like it's a good fit for Villa. I really do. Um, what do you think about this... Um mindset or mentality is definitely the wrong word people kind of wondering or curious about why we're only looking at championship players uh, Marco says what is it about born players that they're relegated low scorers come on Villa surely we deserve better is that a, a viable kind of point to look at championship players and or and just think oh, well just avoid them at all costs because they're a lower level to Villa so what's the point just availability isn't it they're, they're mm. readily available just gone down um, okay but Clearly, talented players have scored plenty of goals in the Premier League. Like James said, uh, Man U were well keen on bringing Josh King into Old Trafford as recently as January. Callum Wilson's done it before. He scored 14 in something like 33 games a year before last. Uh, yeah. He's got his England call-up. So, both very good players. It's, it's a shame Villa haven't tapped into Norwich as well. Boo and Dia, good player as well. Yeah, yeah. Good players in the Championship, uh, mate. If Villa had yeah, gone down, we, people would be looking at Grealish, McGee, Mings, people like that. People would be looking talent. at them going, oh, they're bad players because they're in the Championship. It's just, there is some good quality players out there. Yes, it's it'd be nice to be signing the, the great youth prospects from, from Liverpool and Man City and Man United, but again, it's it's attracting those players, isn't it? That's a difficult mm-hmm. thing. If, if Ollie Watkins in the Championship is costing you upwards of 33 million, someone's asking uh, or, or making the point that Origi is, is 25 to 30 million, a Belgian international with Premier League experience. If Liverpool want 20 million for Brewster, how much are they going to ask for for Origi? Yeah, I think wages be an issue for Origi as well, to be fair. So, mm, yeah, interesting comments from per, from Perzo that resurfaced. We've run a story on today about the wage structure. Yeah. Villa have only been in the Premier League one year compared to your Burnley's have been in there five years now, so they can't really offer much in wage package um, for players as well. I don't think Villa are offering. Underground a week to players like Bournemouth have been so that's that's potentially been a stumbling block in this window. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think that. I think like there was a problem as well with uh, financial fair play where people assume that it doesn't exist. It it, it technically doesn't, but it's been folded into next year, so it does. So if your average smacks out as you've spent way over budget and you've you've you sank the club just for this season compared to next season. You've got that average is going to stick out. So what do you think is going to happen when the accounts come in? They're going to just ignore this year because it's smacked up. But like, you've got to consider so much of this. And I think, thank God for Villa, 
there was an old FFP ruling, which is like your wages could only increase by a certain percentage every year. I think Villa are keen to kind of stick to that, even though it doesn't exist anymore, because it's healthy for the club, right? And I mean, like you could only increase your wages. I think for Villa's instance, like you could only add an, one Jack Grealish in terms of wages. So they were kind of, you, you'd have been hamstrung if that rule still exists. And I feel like Villa just for sustainability reasons, are very keen to stick to a, a very similar approach. But, like, they can't be chucking money left, front and centre because, you know, there's teams that have existed in this league. But all, all the while Villa were down in the Championship, they've existed in this league and be able to build and stretch those budgets a little, little bit further. So I feel like you're looking at a project with Villa and one that you know, it does have potential. If we keep Jack Grealish, he's got all the potential in the world, but it's just about keeping these key players, making yourself an attractive proposition and building sensibly instead of uh, doing very silly things like some other clubs might be doing. Um, if you look at that as well, Jack, if a player comes in for, he wants 120 grand a week, then Grealish is on way less than that, and then McGinn's thinking, just creates that, that you know I mean, that, 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 that atmosphere within the camp as well. So, Villa being, being sensible, I quite like that. They've spent thousands on wages before on average players. So, I think they're taking stock and much more shrewder this time around, which is good to see from them. Yeah, we said when the, the Matty Cash deal was announced that this one ticks a lot of, a lot of boxes. It mm. makes a lot of sense to play with potential resale value, not a massive fee, won't be on massive wages, come up from the Championship and hopefully does well. And you look on the other side, yesterday, Newcastle, Wilson and, and Fraser, yes, players that we have been linked with, but Wilson on a five-year deal, a four-year deal, Ryan Fraser on a five-year deal. Yeah, Fraser's wages be huge as well. Is that something that, you know, you know there's people saying you know, we need to sign players, we need to sign players, why are we taking so long to, to get deals done? Ryan Fraser on a five-year deal, would we have been happy with that? Ch- chucking loads of money on that? Or is it better to be a bit more calculated? Yes, take your time and, and hopefully make, you know, and also that doesn't mean that, you know, t- taking more time will be uh, the best decision. And mm. it will all work out and it will be perfect. We could spend 33 million on Watkins and it'd be a disaster, obviously. But it, it feels like Villa are trying to do things a little bit better this time uh, and being a bit more considered and careful rather than just going out there, getting a bit panicky and chucking things around. I hope they stick with that. There's still a month to go. Don't kind of throw all that away now and panic. Yeah, I go back to Everton and James Rodriguez because. I think there's a lot of people just saying like he weren't, he weren't this good player or anything, but he's he's a world class player. Everton have got him. They've had to exist in the Premier League for a certain amount of years since FFP was brought in to kind of stretch his budget and bring in that TV money and bring in the revenue needed to kind of think about these deals down the line. I think you think how long Everton have been in and maybe bounced around up and down the table, but they've been in the Premier League getting this money, whereas Villa haven't. They haven't been in the Premier League. You know, they, they dropped out at the worst possible time, in my opinion. I yeah. think in a lot of people's opinions, it's a terrible time to drop out. Um, but Villa cannot... If you were to think about the deal that Everton have had to organise to bring in Rodriguez to that club, there's the options. But it's smart finances, right? Villa aren't in a position to do that. Are, you, are Villa in a position to pay a player twice as much as they're probably paying Jack Grealish and without destroying um, the entire atmosphere of the club? Because as much as players do love playing for Aston Villa, if it would annoy, it would annoy anyone working anywhere to to see that deal happen. And as much as people would love playing with a world-class player, I mean, imagine if Higuain got brought in 270 grand a week, for example, probably isn't performing at the levels worthy of that. Whereas you, you look at your Matty Cash, he's putting in everything on the line every week. It, it, the dynamics don't work. So I think we have to consider the dynamics of these moves and Villa aren't probably going to be in a position to buy amazing, amazing players for a season or two. It's that simple. Also, worst comes to worst, Villa are still 
as much as we don't want to, we, we expect better this year, but there'll still be a team that will be fighting around the bottom end of the table, I think, or in the bottom six, bottom six clubs, I would say. You, your target is going to be 14th to 12th, something like that. It's not going to be plain sailing next season all of a sudden. If the worst happens and we, we go big this year, we start giving people five-year deals, big wages, and we get relegated in eight months' time, we're going to go back in big, big trouble again. So they have to be careful because they're ahead of schedule, aren't they? So I think we just all have to be a little bit more patient and, and just wait and see what happens. Last summer's crop that come in last summer, struggled to adapt. How are they going to start this season now? Because obviously they've been there for a whole season. I'm expecting a bit more bit more from your Trezor guys now. The cookie can't, yeah. don't know. Even, even your semantics, you don't know, do you? That's a really good point because it's like people are saying you can't make them the same mistakes as last year, but it's impossible because now Villa have a squad. <laughs> like yeah, they exactly. can buy the same type of you can buy your Wesleys and your Louises, and they yeah. you know you can bed them in properly. I know they came well good, especially with Louise. Um, Wesley yeah. struggled into that injury, right? But you can take those risks now because you, you do have a, a Premier League, a barely a Premier League squad, but a, a Premier <laughs> League squad nonetheless, right? Yeah, like we said before, we I think me and Matt maybe did an episode where we said that you know even if Villa don't sign many players, the ones they've already got should be better than they were last year because we were better in the project restart era than we were before that. So we should be slightly better than we were pre pre that. But you've got to sign players. The Villa will sign players. They're obviously looking at deals all the time. Just got to wait and see what happens. Like I said, I think it's lucky that we're probably a week behind schedule in terms of the fixtures. Um, but you just got to wait and see. People need patience, which is Who knows? It's, it's difficult Marvel. in a transfer window. Yeah, I said Marvel's and the camera could morph into Nagolo Kanta next year. Who knows? <laughs> exactly, mate, exactly. Yeah, it's just about waiting and seeing. Uh, the squad got better over lockdown. There's been another break. You know, uh, it exists that they'll get better again. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, well, I think we'll call it a day because it's difficult to just keep going round in circles when nothing happens. I know that's frustrating for people. We want to sit here and talk about new signings and, and obviously games when they come back around, which we will do. But since we did the Matty Cash episode, nothing's changed really, James. There's no more to add, is there? There's only so many times we can sit here and say, oh, be patient. Jacob Ramsey's uh, banged into Arsenal. Good point. And Douglas Lewis has scored as well, I think. And the kid yeah, looked lovely, by the way, as well, in those pictures I saw, which is, that's nice. Strong yeah. Arsenal team as well, so... Mm. Yeah. But friendlies mean nothing. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated in pre-season, mate. Uh, I guess it all hinges on kind of two things happening tonight as well. Two good things happening tonight. We could see Grealish play, like we said. Uh, yeah. Maybe. We have to see if Southgate's feeling it. Um, but under-23s as well. So uh, you can watch that on Sunderland's website for a tenner if you fancy seeing Villas <laughs> under-23s. Well, I'm definitely bored of international football, but I'm not sure whether I'll stoop to paying £10 to Sunderland for an under-23 game. Back the kids, mate. You've you got to learn from, <laughs> from all, the, all the days uh, we were filming outside. you got to back the kids, pal. That's true. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll call it a day. Thanks to everyone for, who's joined us this lunchtime um, to, to chat about all things. There are lots of comments, lots of questions. So apologies, I can't go around to everyone. Lots of Leeds and Birmingham fans in here as well, which is <laughs> absolutely bizarre. Get a life, to, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I could never imagine sitting here, opening up my phone and going on a Blues live stream and, and commenting up the villa. Like, get a life, mate. Um, biggest team in Birmingham. We know who we are. James, thanks for joining us. Uh, Ash, thanks for joining us as well. We'll be back at some point in the next week or so. Uh, we'll be we'll be here to react to any live breaking news as well. Thanks very much. See you soon. Yeah, thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.